there was a day we were told all the jobs are being reshuffled and everybody was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And where am I going to land? And what's going to be my job? And I just took that moment. I just said, seize this day. I put my hand up and said, if you're looking to reduce this team by one, I'm okay if that's me. That's leading brand photographer and founder of the Bliss Network, Eva Blake. In this conversation, we discuss why so many leave corporate life because of the culture change and a misalignment of values. We talk about the road to entrepreneurship, discovering her innate creativity through brand photography, building the Bliss Network and organizing her work around the hormonal changes in her body each month to maximize her productivity. I'm Finola Howard, intuitive marketer, your host and founder of How Great Marketing Works. I believe that every business has a story to tell because that's how the market decides whether to buy or not. And your story has to resonate with who you are and with the people you want to serve. And this podcast is about helping you reach the market in a way that feels right to you. So if you're an entrepreneur with a dream you want to make real, then this is the podcast for you because great marketing is your truth shared. Hey, Eva. Hi, Fanola. What I wanted to do is, it's kind of, it's an interesting story because we, we can touch on a lot of different topics. And, but let's start with your journey. So uh, you're in business how long now? I'm in business five years at the end of this year. So Bravo. I've been running my personal brand. Thank you. Photography business for that long. I recently opened a studio just a year ago. So yes, the business has been growing and growing over that time, which is great. Fantastic. Let's have a chat and let's rewind back to before that. So you okay. started, you did your business and marketing degree, then you did an MBA, like superstar on the corporate ladder. Yeah. And it it's a story that we hear a lot with women who go on this journey and men as well, but probably we, we hear about it with women more that go on this kind of pathway that corporates lay out for us to go on. And there came a point and it was, tell us about that journey. Okay. Um, yeah. So just like you said, I left school, I went to college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I chose business like a lot of people do, did business with a marketing specialism and did find I really loved the marketing aspect of what I was doing during my academic life. Um, and when I finished my degree, I went into corporate life. So I was really lucky to get a job with a big pharmaceutical company where I started at entry point, marketing assistant, um, and met some really amazing people. Like when I started, um, I was really nurtured and supported um, and I was really put on a learning journey, which I will be forever grateful for. And um, so I had some really amazing years and worked with some fabulous teams and managers for easily a decade. I was always encouraged to train to do the, all those extra things that we do in corporate life and that are offered to us. So yeah, I was very eager and interested in learning and had a really brilliant, I'd say 10 to 12 years. Yeah. And then what happened? And um, so I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I went from being 20 to being 30, right? Yeah. Um, so you're a terribly different person, obviously a decade in. And um, I had met somebody, we got married, we'd had two small children. Um, like a lot of women, I started to sort of figure out that it's very difficult to do everything, <laughs> to, to have your family and to have your corporate life. 
Um, and every day within my corporate kind of job, I was starting to enjoy it less and less and feeling less and less fulfilled. And it was a very slow, slow journey. So there was days that went by where it was just not as much fun as it used to be, not as creative and innovative as it was. And the pharmaceutical industry has become highly, highly regulated, particularly over the last 10 years. And so what once is quite an open and enjoyable and creative team-based sort of role can often turn into a very um, paper-based, regulatory, difficult decision-making, huge amount of people involved in everything that you do, just a very different culture. So the industry changed a lot in the time that I was there. So, I mean, I just got to a point, I suppose, where I wasn't enjoying my days. I started to become very aware of how my road had changed, my interactions with people and the work that I was doing wasn't as enjoyable um, and started to feel quite down about it, you know, that not every day was as happy as it used to be. Um, and at that time, juggling normal family life and small children at the same time and um, started to become a little overwhelming and more difficult than it had been. Can I just interrupt for a second? Because this seems like it's a story for many corporates. Like, so we're, this is an entrepreneurial story, but let's take a moment and reflect on the corporate story as well and how organizations are having to look at, or maybe they're starting to pay more attention to culture. Do you hear that in your work when you're speaking to people? Like there is that, that whole, you went from this whole beautiful nurturing relationship where you loved what you did to a complete, completely different shift because the culture had shifted. Yeah, the culture had shifted. And I also was shifting internally at the same time and my life was changing. But the longer that you're in a place and the more that you learn and grow, the more that you go up the ladder, it's inevitable. And sometimes that the further up the ladder you go, the less interested or less aligned or fulfilled you feel because you're not as close to the work, you're managing a lot of people, your responsibility is bigger, you're maybe not as close to the end user of the product. You know, there's loads of different things that happen when you become more senior. And so I was also starting to feel like that wasn't as enjoyable for me as it had been before. And I would have thought that as we as we move up the ladder, should it not be much more interesting to be able to shape and make decisions that that affect that affect what you you would have been on the ground doing before? Yes, you would think, <laughs> but definitely as the more senior you go, I think the more isolated you become. I'm a super social person. I enjoy being part of the team and working really hard. And and the more senior you go, the more responsibility and isolation I experienced. And just to poke at that, that's really interesting because I would. I didn't expect to hear that, that the higher you up you go, the more isolated. That's really interesting because it sounds like you're more, it feels like you're more of a cog, even though you're higher up. Yeah, I, that's how I felt at times. Um, and yeah. the work was different, that the, the type of goals that I would have been aiming for were different. The work um, for me just didn't feel as fulfilling. You know, sometimes the higher you go, the more form filling you have to do, the more PowerPoints you have to present. Yeah. Um, and life just became about what's the next presentation. And, you know, for me, that just wasn't exciting anymore um, and I wasn't enjoying it. Tell us a little bit more about that. So in terms of, 
you talked about in this industry that you were in, there was a lot about patient care and taking care of patients. So I can understand that it would become less interesting. But the idea of the word misaligned is interesting also. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, when when I say misaligned, I mean who I was on the inside versus the work I was doing on the outside weren't adding up. So um, for the first 10 years of my career, we were always developing programs with the patient at the centre and I felt very close to the patient. I felt very close to the impact our work was having on the patient. And that really suited my personality, I suppose. I found that more fulfilling, but then the higher you go, the less. Um, in contact with that you are um, and it's something I've learned in my new career the closer you are to the impact that you have the happier you are <laughs> that you're definitely and um, you feel really much more confidence in the work you're doing you feel happier that you're having an impact and that you can see it and it's 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 reflected back to you quite regularly and um, and it's only in hindsight I suppose that's kind of something that was missing for a lot of years towards the end of my career where I didn't feel like the work I was doing was directly impacting in a positive way. That speaks to values then. Were you conscious of your own values that that, that was really important? Um, at the time, for me, values were our organization's values and um, that they were talked about a lot um, and we all lived by our organization, organizational values. Um, I'm trying to remember what they were now. There was an acronym that we all had to remember. <laughs> but we did live the values, you know, was um, a really important part of the culture, but they, they weren't necessarily my values. And it's funny when you come out the other side and you realise you as an individual have your own set of values. And for me, values, I like to think of them just as what's important to me. You know, what is the thing that I'm going to prioritise and give my time to? What are the things that and make me feel better and, you know, just that I enjoy my day when those things are aligned. So, yeah, um, I, I went through a process um, towards the end of my corporate career where I, I worked with a life coach um, and we really teased that out. So I, it's really, I highly recommend anybody to go and talk to a coach and just give yourself permission and space to say out loud what's important to you. Um, because you forget, you know, it's not something. Do you think we don't do that enough as humans, as opposed to being on a ladder? Like, do you think we don't articulate out loud what's important to us? No, I don't think so. Um, and when I started to do that work, um, it was so liberating. <laughs> yeah, it was so liberating. Because I, when I was back at home at my kitchen table, I understood why what I was doing was making me unhappy and I was empowered to change that because I understood. Um, so she did that exercise with me, you know, what's your ideal day, which has come up loads of times since in my life. I'm just kind of, you hear things quicker. But when I really sat down and gave myself permission to write what my ideal day was and write down my actual goals, like nobody was watching, like they were my actual goals. It was so exciting um, and to understand my own values, like things that matter to me. Something big that came up for me is my personality is very fast moving. I like variety. I like change. I like to learn new things. All in one day, like I, I that's just the speed I kind of like to work at when I'm high energy. 
And when you're, yeah. I was in an organization where things moved a lot slower. It was like a very heavy cargo ship, <laughs> you know. So if you have an idea one day, it could be 10 weeks before you're in a position to e- execute it. Um, and that didn't suit my personality. And that's just one simple thing that I realized about myself that I can't work in that kind of slow moving environment. I need to work in a much more dynamic, varied type environment. I like projects that have a start, middle and an end. I don't like to work on things that are every June we do this and every July we do this and every August we do this, which is what corporate life is like. You know, we have an annual planning process. So I just adore the way I work now, why every client is different and we have a start, middle and end to our journey. And I learn so much from every client because they're in different industries and different spaces. And then I move on to the next and the next one. So and for me, that keeps me really upbeat and happy and interested in life in general. And so it was a real contrast with my life. And there's loads of those contrasts that I have figured out now. of what was not part of my day that really needed to be part of my day for me to be at my best. I find it interesting when you hear about all of the stuff in the corporate life that all these personality profiling, what types you are and all the rest of it. Yet from the sounds of things, it doesn't lend itself to helping the person realize their own, become self-aware. Yeah. And there was opportunities at different stages where you would be involved in coaching training. You know, anybody who had direct reports was obviously offered training and how to be a coach. But I suppose you never fully let go and are yourself in those situations when you're in a big organization. It's just not always, you don't always feel safe to do that. That's the thing, the safety piece. Let's talk about the move then to deciding to leave. So things things weren't feeling in alignment and it's you started to feel really unhappy there. Can you tell us about some of those hard moments and what, what you did as a result? Yeah. Um, so there was definitely hard moments. Um, there was times where there was something happening at work that was really important. Um, and I started to get to a place where I didn't, I just was apathetic about the outcome of the things that I was doing, which is a really unhealthy place for me and my team at the time and the organization, I knew that I shouldn't be the person there leading what I was leading because, um, you know, that interest was gone. Um, and there was a there was a day where there was a reshuffle and our level of management was invited into a meeting and we were told all the jobs are being reshuffled. And, and that was fine. We all went away for a few hours and came back and we were told what jobs we were being offered. Um, but in those few hours, obviously, there was kind of uproar and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen and where am I going to land and what's going to be my job? And I just didn't feel any of that. I was just like, I really don't think I'll feel any different about the job that I get versus the job that I have. And um, and it all panned out. We all offered our jobs and it was perfectly fine what I was offered. But I just was 100% ready to, I just took that moment. I just said, seize this day. You're, it's really clear to you in this moment when you're looking at all these people around you with all this emotion around what's just happened and you don't feel it. So I put my hand up and said, if you're looking to reduce this team by one, um, I'm okay if that's me. Um, so a few weeks went by. Were they surprised? Well, I didn't even talk to my husband. <laughs> I just did it. It just felt like this is the moment. I have to seize this. 
I know my heart of hearts that this isn't the place for me anymore. Um, and I'm going to, I just think this is the time and I did it. And so, yeah, Bravo. after a few weeks of back and forth and I did talk to my husband about it eventually. And <laughs> um, we, that it happened and it happened quite quickly within about eight weeks. I was finished. I remember it was just before Christmas and I remember the last Friday evening coming home to my kids at the end of November and going, wow, I don't have to go to work on Monday morning. What next for me? And so it was really just the minute you make a decision, the relief that I got from the decision was just fantastic. You know, I had no regrets. I didn't have a single iota of a regret. I knew whatever was going to happen next was going to be me doing it and it was going to be exciting. (laughs) And of course, it's support. And my husband was there saying he supported me and I mean that's really important when it comes to the financial concerns of a mortgage and two small children and um, yeah we just said we'd figure it out and were you scared like when we spoke we talked about just like one bravo right and I want to quickly go to this next stage but I kind of want to allow you to share this piece because I think it's important for other people to hear it, that that whole feeling like perhaps that you were in a large organization for so long that that can feel like it's you've been institutionalized in some ways that it's hard to leave like what can I do will I be any good how am I you know your sense of worth comes into question is that fair for you to share or to say or I don't want to put words in your mouth although I just have but it was well you know like when you've done something for so long and you get paid really well and you have all these benefits and you work with these people and you're constantly being offered um, additional training and additional coaching and things to advance your career. You do believe that you wouldn't survive by yourself. You know, it's very scary to think all of those lifelines would be cut. (laughs) You know, from health insurance to company cars to bonuses, you know, how would one survive without all those things? (laughs) Um, so you have to unravel yourself really slowly and you just have to be really brave and say, I'll survive. I have to survive. And, you know, I just have to go. Right. Yeah. I, and thank you for sharing that, because I think it's important for people to hear that. So you leave this organization and it's like, well, what the hell are you going to do now? Yeah. How did you, you had this lovely experience of someone opening up your view. Yeah, yeah. You asked for what you were good at. I did. Yeah. So through the coaching, um, I worked with Sarah Doyle from the Better Life Project and she encouraged me to do 360s, which was a corporate word for me at the time. I became allergic to everything corporate. <laughs> but she said, do 360 with your friends. And I said, OK, cool. I'm going to put it out there amongst my friends and say, you know, what are the traits that you see in me and what's my personality in relation to this group and stuff that you don't really think about yourself. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was, I had a conversation with a, a girlfriend called Audrey. I hope you're listening, Audrey. <laughs> and <laughs> she, we were chatting and she's a very experienced coach in her own right, in her own career. And um, she was teasing it out of me. And she eventually just said, well, something that you're really good at is your photography. And I kind of laughed and said, you know, I love taking photos and all that kind of thing, but I've never, ever dreamed it could be a career. Um, and she said, well, you're really good at it. And I, I'm telling you now, if you wanted to do it as a job, I think 
you could. She had a friend at the time who was a wedding photographer who was doing really well. Um, and I started tinkering on that girl's website and just started to dream a little bit. Um, but at the end of the phone call, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to investigate this. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this a go because nothing else is jumping out at me. I certainly didn't want to go straight into another job in corporate. Um, I, I wanted a break from that life. I didn't want to go out and be an employee and start interviews. Um, I wanted to try out this new world. Um, and just see what would happen. So, yeah, I mean, I just slowly but surely um, put it out there in my own circle, started local, um, photographed friends, families, children's christenings. Um, There's a wonderful woman who lives locally to me called Marlena, Marlena Murphy, and she was working for East Coast FM at the time, and she had picked up a photo I had taken of my son and wanted to put it in the Wicklow calendar for the following year. So I had ended up meeting her through that and she said to me, you need to be in a network. And I didn't know what a network was. I didn't have a clue what was going on around me locally. I was in this totally other corporate world. So yeah, I went for coffee with the Wicklow branch of the Network Ireland organisation and magical things happened from there on it. (laughs) So I met all these amazing women, super supportive, super experienced they didn't know me in my past life. And that was really, really important. Like they were meeting me for the very first time as either the photographer. I didn't have to explain anything. I didn't have to say anything about who I was or where I came from. This is just where I am today. And um, they supported me in every way they possibly could. And it was fabulous. So they, I, I did all sorts of dear. I broke all the marketing rules. You'd be happy to know, Fanola. <laughs> the first year I didn't make a niche. I didn't have a plan. I didn't do any of that. But it was really cool just to see what came my way and give it a go. So it was probably the steepest learning curve I have ever been on in my life that year, considering all of the education I had and all of the exams I'd done in my life. This was the hardest because I threw myself into situations where I had a clue if I was going to sink or swim. And, and I just about swam most of the time. I had huge failures as well because I was starting off and mostly technical failures. <laughs> And <laughs> um, but it was it was a wonderful learning experience, and I I just found through all the different types of photography work where I was bringing the most value and where I felt the most aligned was when I worked with female business owners. And um, so some of the women of that network asked me to take photos of them for personal brand portraits for their websites, and um, when I started to do that, and I just found that the value I could I didn't have to. I suppose when I went into photography, I thought my whole corporate marketing career was just gone in the bin. <laughs> I truly believe that. I was like, that is no use to me now. Um, and it's so, so wrong. You know, I mean, we are a sum of everything that we've done. Um, and it was so amazing to figure it out that I could bring all of my learnings and all of the good stuff from that. It's it's actually, it's interesting because it's the most common conversation I have with people when they're looking at their marketing. They think that we live in silos. And it is that thing of you have to bring all of yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I felt super confident again back in that space, talking about marketing and branding. And I really do see it as an art and I enjoy it. And I love learning about marketing. And um, that's why I like your podcast so much. To know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, for women who were in businesses that they had nothing to do with marketing, they didn't know anything about marketing. 
it was such a wonderful experience to be able to talk to them about, well, what do these photos need to be of? Like, what is the visual story? How does it connect back to your own values and your own vision, mission, purpose? Um, and those conversations were just so enriching for both of us. And did you, what made you, you decided to call your business, did you start by calling the business the visible business or did you start as something else? No, I was Eva Blake Photography. It's very original. <laughs> No, no, it's, it was you. So it was original and it, then it morphed or what? I know I decided to change it. So either Blake photography could have been anything. It could have been newborn or wedding or event photography. Um, and when I originally designed and branded it, it was very soft and feminine and it was kind of easy. Like it, it looked like it belonged in the newborn space. And so the more and more I worked with businesses and the more I realized that there isn't that many of us out there focusing on personal brand and brand photography for small business, the more important it became to really show my niche. And I, I, the last I did, a, I'd say I did about three newborn shoots, but I knew at the last one, I won't be doing that ever again. <laughs> um, I love photographing children, but the children that I love and that are related to me, <laughs> that's it. So you found the niche, the visible business. And what was inter what's interesting to me, and Eve is an amazing photographer and has done some of my photography as well. And so I highly recommend her. Thank you. But what's interesting is you didn't stop there. No. You decided you wanted to do something else. Yeah, I think from my background and how difficult I found the transition from corporate into running my own small business, I was meeting women with the same story every single day. And a huge part of my job became those conversations, you know, and really me, I was meeting people at that stage where they didn't actually believe they could turn what they were doing into a business. And I felt really strongly about empowering them and making sure that they knew um, that if they really believed in what they were doing and they believed they had value to bring and that they had those gifts that they believed themselves to maybe have. And um, sometimes they just needed a little extra push. And I just found in my time with them when we were preparing for their shoot, that it became kind of seminal moment for them and bring their brand into the world. You know, they had to be really brave and they had to stand up and say, this is my business. This is what I do and go for it. And I somehow became part of that a cog in that journey. And I loved it. I really loved it. And so when I saw them started to use their pictures and their confidence grow and developing their programs and their packages and you know, I did genuinely believe that I played some small part in that push <laughs> to visibility and confidence. So every time I was finished with a person, I was a little bit devastated. You know, you say goodbye at the door and you're like, okay, well, that was great. And that felt really like a really intense relationship that then just has to end. Um, so yeah, I just had an idea that we would Eventually, I always wrote it in my goals that I would eventually have some sort of a community and stay in touch with all of these women because we all had so much in common. Um, and then I was really lucky, a local hotel asked me would I facilitate a small business network? Um, and I said, yeah, sure. And the idea at the time was like 15, 20 women for a breakfast once a month. And I just knew in my heart, you know, it could just be so much bigger than that and so much, you know, broader. And so we had that event and we had 30 people there and feedback was so positive. We brought together 30 women, just like me, who a very similar story, starting out in business or a little bit more established, mostly solo business owners, mostly 
a lot of mums, a lot of people working at their kitchen tables, all that good stuff that um, just needed to connect, needed to come out into the world and share ideas and grow their networks. And the positive feedback was just, you couldn't not continue with it. <laughs> but you're, you've, it's different. It's a network. So I've been to one of them uh-huh. and it's really. They're called Bliss, by the way. <laughs> I was going to do that, you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a moment. Um, <laughs> it's a very interesting setup because uh, you have a learning piece uh, about something related to business. And then you have, you've deliberately given equal time between a learning piece for business and a wellness piece. And you've also have a piece, you know, we all have lunch and all the rest of it. But then there's also where a place where you we hear stories of other entrepreneurs that perhaps are ahead or wherever they are in the journey, but it's a celebration. And I think that's actually quite different. It feels very gentle. There's no pressure to, you know, because there are some networks where there's pressure to exchange business, to be to actually have a bit of a corporate feel to it as well as whereas this doesn't feel like that. Do you want to say where the inspiration came from or why you've done it this way? I think I had become so aware of who I was and my nature and my values that I wanted the network to be similar. I wanted to be able to put on my jeans and t-shirt and go to that network of a morning <laughs> and not have to do anything out of my ordinary. So I wanted it to feel just like women getting together. I ex- had that experience with networks before where I tried a lot of them and I spent a lot of time networking, but eventually just didn't want to go anymore. Not Network Ireland, that was different. They're a much more relaxed group. Um, but some of them, you know, you've been to them, you have to show up every week, you have to find a replacement if you can't go. There's metrics and there's exchange work. It's just didn't want that to be the case. I wanted this to be people going in and following their gut about who they wanted to talk to. Didn't want anybody to feel like they had to do a 60 second pitch to a whole group if that just terrified them. We wanted everything to happen naturally. So it made sense to put things in place in the agenda that helped people just to talk to each other in a natural way. But the wellness piece, I just, only recently in my last few years, really been paying attention to my own kind of energies and wellness and what helps me and what doesn't. Um, And I just wanted women to experience different things that they may enjoy and bring into their lives. We had a sound bath at the last event. That was the one you were at, Fanola. Is that right? No, I missed it. (laughs) I was going mad. (laughs) You were where we had the meditation with Sharon. Mm. Um, But I just think we have to be exposed to these things and learn these things and maybe bring them into our lives. Like I never thought I'd sit by myself and drink cacao and meditate when the kids go to school. But I do that some days now. (laughs) And I, I do it on the days I need it, not every day. But that leads me to another part of your life that's very interesting. And I think because I think all these things are, I mean, you are living your business very much in alignment, it seems to me, because you became aware of how things happen naturally. You said that a minute ago, okay. but you also started to become aware of of what happens to you naturally and the fact that you are very sensitive to hormonal changes in your body and actually have an extreme version of PMS that you've now consciously listened to and respond to in how you plan your day. Is, do you share? Please share. Well, I plan my month, I suppose. 
Um, okay. I really just believe in the cyclical nature of things. You know, um, I definitely over the last few years have made a conscious effort to be aware of my cycle um, because I am definitely more, my energy changes drastically, my mood changes drastically. Um, and I definitely do have a quite an extreme type of PMS that happens mid-cycle and just before I get my period. Um, so when I started to really learn about how to manage myself and improve my symptoms, um, my business was a huge part of it. So making sure that I wasn't um, doing certain tasks when my body wasn't able for it <laughs> or my mind wasn't able for it. Um, so the Bliss Business Network happens in the first week of every month and for those of you who know the cycle being referred to as spring, summer, summer autumn, winter, and bliss will always happen in my springtime. So it's my good, good week. And it's the week where my hormones are optimal, my mood is optimal, my energy is optimal. Um, and I really thrive um, doing things like networking and being social at that time. And um, the week after bliss is very different. <laughs> So um, I tend to go inwards. I tend to come down a little bit from the high. I tend to do different types of work. So I generally try not to schedule shoots that involve big numbers of people or number of locations. And um, I tend to stay at my studio and do smaller shoots. Um, and then I suppose in the winter of my cycle, I, I really just try and do more isolated work. I like to be alone. I like to do creative work. I like to work on new ideas. So where there's a lot of deep thought or writing. So yeah, I really try and make sure, especially like things like when I'm booking holidays as well, I always try and do it when I'm spring, summer, because I'll just enjoy it more and I'll get more out of it. So um, yeah, we've a lot to learn. If you weren't aware of how sensitive you are hormonally at these different times. How how do you think that would manifest? Like, could it manifest as 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 depression, for example, or could it manifest as to stay in bed all day? How would that manifest if you w didn't have that awareness? Uh, well, I suppose now I have an acceptance of where I'm at and I give myself permission to slow down. I give myself permission to go to bed if I feel like it. I give myself permission to eat a tub of ice cream if I feel like it, you know, without um, being hard on myself. So that negative self-talk, um, I think we all have to work on that really hard, but I, there are certain times of the month where it's louder. And when I'm now aware of my cycle, um, I have more of an understanding about why my brain is acting that way. And I'm more accepting of where I'm at and kinder to myself and turn the conversation in my head to more positive things. Um, I think every day I do and most people have to manage their mental health and do what they can to, to keep it at a certain level. And um, whether that's exercise or lifestyle, whatever that is, rest, <laughs> um, permission to rest, permission to check out when you need to and um, talking, talking to people when you need to talk. Um, I think especially when you run your own business, when you're a solo business owner and things don't go well, it can be magnified because if you're by yourself, maybe you're in a bad part of your, your month. <laughs> yeah. um, to have that awareness, to be kind to yourself and say, look, 
stuff happens and um, pick up the phone. And that's where people like in Network Ireland or now with the Bliss events, I definitely have people who had the same experience. So I didn't have a circle of female solo business owners around me until I started working in this space and running the network. And now I have people that I WhatsApp all the time to say, you know, whatever went wrong that day or, you know, my card broke in my camera and I lost a whole shoot. Ha! <laughs> Where if you team around you, you some of that gets absorbed and that stress. So I suppose that was part of the network as well, that we have a team. You know, I'm doing a Christmas party in December for Bliss because we don't get a Christmas party. <laughs> so it's already started this lovely natural chat about, you know, celebrating and Christmas for us solo business owners. Yeah, I hope you're there. But there's another there's another side, right? So I love this, right? Well, uh, and I, I embrace this in my own life. But I, I kind of want to poke here a little bit. And the reason I want to poke here a little bit is because in some ways I think you're underselling the importance of what of that realization that this is a very powerful thing to acknowledge as women the impact that our hormones have on us physically, scientifically, medically, and all of that. Because too often we we separate the wellness piece as sometimes like a nice to have instead of, no, this is a fundamental part of who we are as beings in the universe. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like, that's, I, I'm grateful for you to share that you have made this conscious approach to recognizing how you feel at each point and that that has a direct impact on the hard, fast thing of the productivity of your business. This is not, this is not something fluffy. This is something very important, tangible, powerful, empowering. There, I'll get off my soapbox now <laughs> for so, a second. But I really want like to really make that really clear to people because someone could be listening that could just say, oh, maybe if I looked here. Yeah, I think, and I used this analogy with you before, but when you look at nature, it's exactly the same. Flowers don't feel the need to bloom more than once a year. <laughs> and I think we need yeah. to think that way about ourselves as well as women. It's like we are going to have days where we bloom and days where we are going inwards and we're nourishing ourselves or we're healing from something or, you know, so, and we have permission to do that because that's normal and that's nature and this, it's the cycle of things. And so, yeah. I d like I remember back in my twenties, all the different times where things weren't right or thing I was working against myself, or you know those feelings, those days when you know you're going against the grey and everything is hard. <laughs> and and it's mm. only now in my forties that I get it. It's like you weren't meant to be doing that that day. Like you needed something else that day, and you weren't paying attention to it. Um. So, yeah, I mean, and we can't control what's going on at all the different times, but we can just be gentler, not gentler on ourselves and be kinder to ourselves and, and reach out when we need to reach out and, you know, be alone when we need to be alone. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned, the, you mentioned the word permission a lot in this conversation. And it's something I talk a lot about. Actually, it's in my book, the permit about permission. It's really interesting to hear you speak about it in this context. So I thank you for that. Is there anything you'd like 
to leave people with today? Um, I think it's really important to be true to yourself. I think the podcast has the right name, Finola. Thank you. As soon as I started being true to myself, everything got better. Mm. Like everything. Every conversation I had with people, the work that I did felt more aligned. The fulfillment felt so, so strong. The emails I get from clients now about their experience with me are literally what keep me going and happy and upbeat. Um, And I didn't have that before. And yeah, just be true to yourself. It's really hard. You have to be kind of courageous sometimes. You have to have a few hard conversations. Um, But get the help. Talk to a coach and talk to your friends and just go do it. Be brave. Bravo. Thank you so much. Thanks, Penella. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you'd like to find out more about Eva, check her out on LinkedIn or on thevisiblebusiness.ie. And if you'd like to support the show, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and reach out and let me know your takeaways from this episode. What would you like to know more about? Send me a message and I'll see you next week.